Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. Here comes Aaron Gordon the other way. I guess we'll never know. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Denver Stiffs show. It is your hosts, Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross, back for another week. We're actually on schedule this week, Gordon. We're, we're doing well. We're getting some normalcy back to the pod. But uh, how are I you, I was going to say, two week weeks in a row, man. Like, it two was last week and this week. We're up for a repeat performance. So, apparently, we've got our stuff back together. This is the absolute maximum level of professionalism you can find in the podcast world today, I'm telling you. No, no one is better than us at showing up <laughs> on time occasionally on the same day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, we're knocking it out of the park. Um, <laughs> it's funny, though. We were talking about this right before we came on the show. It was like, it's funny that we're, we're, we're here for a show this week. Because, like, honestly, for a show that you record on Sunday nights and then put out on Mondays, like, it's kind of dry, right? There's not a ton. uh not a ton to talk about here because the I mean, we, we, the, the week that happened was pretty busy, but the week to come is going to be pretty slow. Yeah, just just two games on the on the docket. Um, we were also talking about this. They are going to be the upcoming games are the Rockets and the Clippers. Those are two. No, games we no, that about was last, last week. week's games. That's not can't possibly be this week's game. Right. We can't possibly be playing these teams again. <laughs> uh, we can't possibly be playing the Rockets for the fourth time in the season on December fifth or whatever. Like. No, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh, I'm so tired of seeing the Rockets. I never want to see them again. And theoretically, we won't have to see them until at least April. So that's good. Theoretically. Yeah, it's it's like I feel like I know the Rockets roster almost as well as I know the Nuggets roster now at this point. Right. (laughs) Pretty ridiculous. Uh, I could could put together another like 20 minute promo on like Shangoon at this point. There we go. There we go. I'm like, no, I've seen every move he's got, man. I've studied that tape. I am a certified Houston Rockets expert. <laughs> Ask me anything. Gordon's over here rocking his Robert Ory 1995 jersey. Uh, no, no, that will not be happening. <laughs> um, the Nuggets did actually play a game on Friday, though, and like you said, they did have it. They had a big week, so we'll start there because. I mean, I, I'm not going to get too much into. Um, and I guess it was on Saturday. They played a game on Friday as well, but. God, so many games. Um, but they they played on Saturday was the last game they played against the Sacramento Kings. The Nuggets, of course, do not win that game. They lost 123-117. Basically a second quarter that was an insult to the game of basketball, at least for the Nuggets, yes. uh, is what sinks them there. Gordon, I'm going to start well, with this. And the this. fact that they never hit a three-point. The oh, fact yeah, that, that was you crazy. were that bad from beyond the arc and you kept, you know, shooting them, that was kind of probably also an issue. 
Yeah, that was that was crazy. I mean, that 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 you just throw out as you know. A it's not. It's anomaly, yeah. That's a random. Right? Yeah, that's that's just. It doesn't. Not indicative what, of of future results. What we have seen happen time and time again, and what really bit them um, in this game against Sacramento was the non-Jokic minutes. If I, uh, yep. I have my, re- my recap pulled up, but I, I believe, I believe they were minus thirteen in that first stretch um, when Jokic came off the floor. And then, you know, here's the other thing that when, when Jokic comes off the floor, like sometimes, you know, he immediately restores order and uh, we get back to, you know, carving our way back and getting back in front right. and then, and then winning the game that happens a lot more at home though, yes. than it does on the road, because on the road, like you're still fighting the crowd momentum, like, the Kings, and especially in a place like Sacramento, where like that crowd is going to show out. So, yeah, like, Zach has the fans for that, right? Like that, they are a great home crowd in Sacramento, so right, they aren't going to lose the ball on that one. They're they're gonna they're gonna keep that bit in their teeth and just keep on bringing the atmosphere. Right. So Jokic checks back in. The team is now down eight after being up five when he checked out. Uh, but it, they, it goes all the way to like the uh, 14 point lead yep. uh, for Kings before they finally start turning around. You know, we've, and we'll talk a little bit about, like, you know, particularly the big rotation uh, that's we saw a change this week there. But I mean, they've tried different things, right? They've at this point, Michael Malone has probably played every guy on his roster, save for the two ways, which even he even gave Colin Gillespie a little bit of time. Um, and. Hunter Tyson, right? Like those are essentially the only guys right. who haven't played at some point in this game. Nothing, I mean, nothing seems really to be working other than what we saw in the very beginning of the season with Jamal there. Is that just the answer, Gordon? Like if they don't have Jamal, they're going to just basically be a constant massive negative on when the bench unit comes in. And Well, the, be- you know, the bench the unit was okay play. when they could turn teams over and run. Right. Like the bench, the bench unit is fine if they can make people stop scoring and they can run on them. But what happened in this game was they couldn't score and the Kings ran on them. So they did to the Nuggets what the Nuggets bench is the only way that they find success. So right. that was very problematic. Um, and it was frustrating because the bench had been OK for a couple of games. Yeah, they they like, had bounced back in that uh, the game before against the Suns. You know, I thought they were Suns. Uh, they were okay. They were, the Rockets. They were okay. Right. I think they were still a pretty large negative in that Suns game, or maybe not a large negative, but I think they were still. A it negative. wasn't a large but, like, negative. They were negative. Yeah, but it, three or something. It was. It wasn't bad. Yeah. So we do have this. Go only, go get actual stats. Thing. Stop letting me imagine things. <laughs> there was uh, no. The bench was a positive against Phoenix. Plus plus See, five. There you go. Uh, from Peyton Watson, plus two DeAndre Jordan, plus five Christian Brown. Strother was zero. I'm trying to remember which game. There was a game sometime this week. Maybe it was the one before that. But there was a game sometime this week where, like, the bench ended up being a negative. But I felt like I was like, uh, you know, I, I thought they did. I thought they did okay. I thought they were a right. pretty good team. It might have been. The, it was actually. I think it was that Clippers game. Uh, no, but they were terrible against the Clippers. I don't know. Anyways, um, the, you know, the bench unit, like they've. This is where what I see, and I think you're exactly right, and and it ties right into like why they're much better with Jamal. You've got guys who, especially now that Malone has just basically decided screw playing a backup point guard, I'm not going to do that. Right. They've they've got a bunch of guys who don't make 
plays for themselves or for others on that bench unit. But they do have a bunch of guys who are great at running the floor, at cutting, at getting the the easy twos, you know, doing that sort of fast-paced stuff like you're talking about. I mean, like Peyton Watson, Christian Brown, those guys, even Julian Straw, they're like, those guys can thrive in that role. But when it gets into a half-court set, yeah, they they don't have a lot. I mean, Christian Brown, I think he's shown a little bit of you know he's improved a little bit over last season in that area. Uh, I but like I don't, his assists, but I I don't think he is a director of offense. He finds gaps. That's that's the thing right. that he's good at with his assists. Is he's right. he's good on the fly, and again, part of that's in transition. But that's not in organizing a set offense. So those are not assists that I would be like, yes, he's directing traffic running a pick and roll, getting stopped, passing it out to the perimeter, recutting, right. resetting, doing it. You know what I mean? He's not doing that. He, that's not, that's point guard stuff. He's not doing that stuff for his assist. Oh yeah, no doubt. He's like, he's not a point guard in, in, in any way. And anybody who is thinking like, Oh, he's going to be able to do what, uh, what Bruce Brown could do for you. Like that, that was probably some, some wishful thinking there uh, for Christian. I do notice this year, I think he's a little bit better off the dribble and getting his own shot and yes. being able to get to the basket. Like that's, in particularly these past couple of weeks, I think he's he's shown some improvement there. But you know, outside of that, uh, they, Malone has been staggering uh, Mike with with that group, and it works pretty well. Again, I want to say maybe it was the Rockets game, um, and Mike had a big game, right? And and was really did kind of carry that bench unit uh, through uh, through the non Jokic minutes. Yeah, it was that it was that Rockets game that he did that one. Um, and that was the one that, yeah, the bench was was otherwise uh, a negative one. Um, but even Mike, like he's, I mean, there are memes about Michael Porter Jr. not like passing the ball, right? So like he's not a guy right. that you're going to expect to uh, be setting up his teammates. But also like he's not a guy that I would say is like, I mean, he's better. He is, I shouldn't say that. He is improved every year and he is good enough to take people off the dribble and and get to the basket but for whatever reason it's something that i think he still does not look to enough like he falls in love with that step back to his left uh and then taking a jumper like that's that's his move that's what he wants to do 90 percent of the time and you know i mean he's his shooting has just not been consistent right it's been he's had some ups and downs so far this year and so if he's down there's nobody there who can like work through that there's nobody there who can be like work through the hey i'm gonna have to like get the play set up i'm gonna have to get you know make make a right decision based off what the defense gives me and maybe it's gonna be me taking a shot or maybe i'm passing it off to another guy like everybody in that bench group when i look at them whether it's in and i'll put mike in this as too since he's the stagger but like whether it's mike or or christian or peyton or um certainly julian strother like those guys look for their shot. Right. And like, that's when the ball hits their hand, like that's their first thought is like, I need to get, I need to make something happen with the ball in my hands for me. And it doesn't ever, and we just end up in a lot of ISO ball and like, let's face it. Like none of these guys are very good. Uh, ISO ball players. Like they're not, uh, they, they're they not, don't have, they don't have handle shake wiggle. Right. Exactly. Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> that's so, not their game. But the, my, my problem with it is that when they struggle, they get extremely tentative. Agree. So yep. rather 100%. than switching stuff up and cutting to the hoop or pressuring more or whatever you think they should do, like they they stop moving and they just jack shots. 
Yep. Um, and, and that's because they're like, well, I don't, I don't know what I should do. The shots I'm trying to make aren't falling. So I'm just going to pass it until somebody feels like chucking it, but not in a direction. They, it's, it's directionless offense. They just move the ball around the perimeter. And one of those guys is going to throw something at the re- at the rim and see what happens. And that's not the way that I want to see the bench offense running. And again, like you said, that's an artifact of Jamal Murray being out, uh, which moves Reggie to the starting lineup, which does other things that aren't as healthy um, for the for the Nuggets. I mean, I can't really fault a lot of their offense. You know, some days you're just not going to make threes. That's going to happen. Um, yeah. Shooting 32% or 34% from the field like they did when they lost to the Rockets um, a few games ago. I don't know. They've played them three times in like 10 days. So whenever the three <laughs> one of those games, <laughs> one of those games where they lost. No, I know exactly um, what you're talking about. It was, it was the cup game. And they, uh, yeah, yeah it, even, it, even the starters just stood around and, and kind of were like, man. Yeah, right. Well, they, it looked baffling. They looked completely dumbfounded that nothing was working. And, and, like, they're checking to see if it's a simulation. Like, is this – what's happening? Reboot the game. This is not correct. There's no reason that I can't make a shot. And they're right. Like, again, the Nuggets hadn't shot that bad in seven years. Right. So, like, that's that's not a kind of game that is indicative or predictive. You can't base your, your rotations around something like that. There's nothing that Malone can do to be like, well, just don't shoot 34% from the field. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's I'm that, that's sure not that's not a failure on Malone. That's a guys at some point, like I know you can't throw it in the ocean, but try. But try. Right. No, I mean, and it's a product of a team who uh, played in in Phoenix. Right. And then got on a plane, flew to northern California yep. and then played a game for a back to back night. Like, yeah, that's it was that's a ridiculous back to back. I, I the ridiculous. fact that. Well, and what's drawing me crazy, like three of the the four um, uh, cup tournament uh, games are on back to backs. What dumbass put these this these final four games on back to back schedules? If you're trying yeah, to showcase the league for a cup thing, why would you make them do travel back to backs? Because all of them have to travel to Vegas. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't understand that either. That seems very counterintuitive to um, their whole mission of like making this making this a thing. Like you want it to be the best product possible, so why would you be throwing a bunch of back to backs out there? Where um... <laughs> I just think a lot of the because, because Adam Silver Adam Silver is is an asshole, and he's like, oh, you want that half million dollars? Well, then guess what? You fuckers right. are playing it back to back. Suck like, it up. <laughs> And you're not going to be, yeah, you're not going to be sitting. I know this is exactly what he's thinking. He's like, he's in his head. He's like, I bet you won't sit out for rest that there's a half million bucks on the line. (laughs) (laughs) It's just funny to me because this whole season, especially for the Nuggets, has just felt extremely condensed in the early going. Um, And so I I understand that Nuggets are tired. They've had multiple five and seven game sets. Five games in seven days. Right. Just right. in the first like six weeks, seven and ten game, you know, like it's it's ridiculous how many um close games, no rest the Nuggets have been doing um just to open the season up. And again, I assume some of it has to do with um cup scheduling and trying to make sure that all those teams who need to play each other can play each other early. 
And so there was some shuffling that went on that made them just smash a bunch of games in the early season. But it's definitely sucked for Denver having to do that without Jamal Murray. Um, yeah. And, you know, I again, they, they took a few games off with Aaron Gordon. And uh, he was, I, I know that he his stat line looks okay from the Kings game offensively, but his defense was not there. He was Sorry. not in, he was not in position. He was not, and, and that's not his fault. He's rusty. He's coming off a foot injury. Right. He may still be injured, but he felt like he should play. Um, but the Nuggets just were, they were a step slow and they, they couldn't make shots against the Kings. And I understand that your legs are tired. You're not going to make those shots. But the problem was at the end of the game, they were just chucking threes when they should have been trying to score, when they didn't need threes to, to do that. They just had to get uh, twos. And it yeah. drove me crazy. That that right there is one of those detail moments that, you know, uh, you kind of wish you could get back of we don't need threes. Don't focus on that. Please go get a good shot somewhere near the rim. Right. Um, but if you're afraid of getting run on like they were all night, you know, you if you chuck a three, then at least you can get back. If you go for the rim, you can't get back. Right. So right. yeah, it was the, uh, the Nuggets just were they were caught between things a couple times this week. Um and and it hurt. Like this this loss sucked. Uh but I mean as a whole, the week was pretty good. I say, you know what though, like I the, I, I, I'm fine with this loss. Like, it's fine. Whatever. Well, it's a schedule um, loss. Like, I, I don't right, mind exactly. schedule losses. Exactly. I only get annoyed because they could have won it. Like, the Nuggets the Nuggets yeah, this right week there. went 3-1. and one. They could have gone 4-0. and oh. I'm not mad at them for going 3-1. and one. I'm not mad at them for losing the game against the Kings. You know, when the Kings had rest, you didn't have rest. The Kings were at home. You're on the road. You know, like, I get it. And again, you're at the end of a 5-7. and seven. So right. uh, I understand completely. It's not I I'm not angry about it. It's just tough when the game is right there despite a bunch of bullshit and you just it just slips right out of your hands. Right. Yeah, you know, it's you fought all the way back and it just right, you, oh, that's the hard point. And then you're and then you're down by you're down 112 to 110 and like you said, you know, you get a Michael Porter yep. Jr. 3 miss offensive rebound. Uh Reggie Jackson 3 miss. They go down the other and they score in that. Um, that was it. it was one four. It was one fourteen, one ten when they were trying to do that. So yeah. Yeah. So then now, now I think they hit a, I think they hit a three there at the end too, or then made it one one seventeen, one ten. That basically, that basically was all she wrote for them in Sacramento. All right, let's talk about the a little bit more about that rotation that we saw, um, and we've seen this now. We saw this pretty much all this week. DeAndre Jordan, it would appear, has supplanted Zeke Naji, um, in the. Uh, in the rotation. I don't think anybody was uh, penciling in DeAndre as a guy who was going to end up being a regular rotation player, but at least for this week, he was mixed results, right? We had a, we had a throwback DeAndre game um, with uh, against the Clippers. Clippers. Yeah. Yep. When him and Reggie Jackson looked like studs um, and you know, he was pretty strong. I thought DeAndre was still pretty strong um, in the Phoenix game and yep. in the Houston game. Like he he was abysmal right? oh, <laughs> in that Sacramento. Terrible. Like he was you, terrible. that's he, just he, it. Yeah. No, no energy, right? He looked like he right. was. He looked tired. As he should. Like I again, he. You should not have to rely on him to play four games in five nights or whatever. 
Right. Like that's not a thing you should be relying on on DeAndre Jordan for. That is a failure to plan. Um, right. So he's your emergency center. He's not your every day, 15 minutes a game. I've got young legs. I can play all the time. Backup center. So yeah, but- I, I appreciate the effort that he came through this week. Like he showed up. The fact that he right. he was that great against the Clippers was amazing. Right. Um, and again, we're going to talk about those Clippers and Rockets games when we get around to, you know, recapping and reviewing for the coming week because we have those damn games again. But he was really <laughs> good this week. Like the fact that he almost single handedly cost the Nuggets that Kings game is not really on yeah. him. He should not have played that game. Right. Uh, but they didn't have anybody they rely on. And this is that problem with trust guys. When when you're out of trust for somebody like Zeke Naji, um, how you're going to recover that? Because if he can't play, and if you're not going to play him on a back to back like they should have, just even to find out, like DeAndre, now you know DeAndre can't play back to backs. Right. So in the future, if DeAndre's on one of them, he can't be on the other one, and you better pick which one Zeke's going to play. Right. Yeah. Or or you know, I mean, get creative. Like I. Use Jay Huff if that's what you want to do. Like, you know, I mean, you right, don't, whatever you got to do, you're not asking for a ton of minutes here, which is why it works with DeAndre. Right. Is because, you know, I mean, I don't like you said, even even if it wasn't a back to back, if you're planning on playing, you know, DeAndre like 20 minutes a game re- right. regularly, that's not going to work for you. But, you know, in that Phoenix game, he plays what he played 13 minutes. Like, can you trot Jay Huff out there for 13 minutes and, and survive? Like, I don't know. I don't, you know, or I just, 10, I don't know. And then you figure out the three with somebody else. You know what I mean? Right. Like, or, this is, these are those This questions. was something that I thought was interesting about playing DeAndre against Phoenix. Um, like, why? The, the, the biggest guy that Phoenix has taken off their bench is Drew Eubanks. Like, why not just yep. roll with Peyton Watson and, you know, and Christian Brown and, and Julian Strother and, I mean, you could, I guess, maybe put another guy in there, but I think if Aaron Gordon had been healthy, I don't think DeAndre would have played against Phoenix. Yeah, that's and that's probably fair, right? That's probably fair because it's probably Justin Holiday is your other guy on that bench group then. Um, Right. He had to start because you didn't have. You didn't have AG, and so that that was that throws off the rotations. That's the other reason it's hard to judge the rotations for this week. You know, you're down Jamal, you're down AG. You know, what are you going to do? Like, this this isn't – you only have so many guys. Justin Holiday played pretty well. Like, I can't right. really fault the way that, that Justin played. Like, he did the things that you would ask a veteran to do coming in in that situation, especially coming in cold because he hasn't played much this year. Right. And they right. were like, Justin, you're you're needed. You know, dust off. Get out there. Um, And he looked, he looked fine. He, he, looked, he knew what he was doing. You know, played some good defense. Um, Got some shots up. So he wasn't afraid of the ball or afraid of the moment. So, um, no, I, I didn't have any problem with that at all. Um, but the Nuggets have been weirdly shorthanded um, in in these situations. And some of it's learning on the fly with Peyton Watson, especially, where there's going to yep. be some games where he knows what the hell he's doing and some games where he definitely does not know what the hell he's doing. This is like a, just a quick sidebar. Like one of my favorite things over the season is like the Malone rage timeout. That's specifically just raging at Peyton. Watts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this is a timeout. And he stares Peyton right in the face and points at him. And he's like, we're going to talk right now. 
Right, like he did it. I think it was the Sacramento game. Like he calls a timeout. Like they're already in their half court set. Like the Nuggets yep. are about to run a play. But clearly, Peyton yep. Watson did not go where he was supposed to go. Yeah, Malone. Yet Malone called the timeout, and I saw him. And he's all angry. And he's looking at somebody. He's walking straight towards, and I'm watching. I'm like, who is it? Who is it? And I was like, I bet you it's Watson. And sure enough, yep. Peyton Watson is getting scolded from dad. But Watson, but Watson's been great. Uh, he goes over to Malone every time there's a set of free throws, so Malone can talk to him. And Jamal's, I mean, uh, Jokic is talking to him on the court. Yeah. You know, being like, yeah, you over here. Reason. Not where you were. Forget where you think you're supposed to be. You need to be over here. And Peyton's like, okay. Like, that's that on-court stuff. And Jokic has been great about that this year, being vocal on the court in the moment. Uh, Watson was starting to argue with the refs, and Jokic was like, stop. And I'm like, you don't get to talk about that, Jokic. But he's like, do as I say, not as I do. Do not go talk to them. Get your ass back on defense. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, he, just, uh, no, he's, he's been great this week. He's been great on that, you know, and I mean, and that's the thing about Peyton Watson, like you have to, you, you have to keep taking the good with the bad because the good is the man puts the clamps on a player like Kevin Durant. So, yeah. The good is Kevin Durant wants to cuss him out after the game. That's the good. Right. Like if you, if, 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 if Kevin Durant wants to dog cuss you outside the locker room because you just were very annoying and you shut him down in the second half. Yeah. Take it. You figure out how to make that work. Right. A hundred percent. And so, I mean, they'll they'll get it figured out. And it it all comes back to, again, like the the youth issue and not having, you know, a ton of experience off that bench, which I think, you know, making the adjustment for to bring in Justin Holiday with that group in theory, once everybody's healthy, like, I think that will, that will help. Same, honestly, same thing with DeAndre Jordan, just like having some vets in there to um, give him some presence. And then once you get Reggie Jackson back in that bench unit, I think that goes a long ways too. you know, hopefully it doesn't uh, help Jamal their defense on bench necessarily. No, but um, they're, uh, the, the, well, but I no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Though, I think Reggie they, against the bench is better than Reggie against starters for defense. Yeah, for sure. And well, the nice thing about that bench unit, when you have Reggie and Jamal as your guards and then you're rocking, you know, with, with Watson and Brown and then, you know, whoever is the, uh, right. the big, whether it's Zeke or I probably couldn't do this as much with DeAndre, but like back when at the beginning of the season, like what made that bench work so well on defense was you could just switch everything. Like it didn't matter because like Reggie Jackson still has like a, you know, ridiculous, like, I, you know, his wingspan is absurd for a guy of his height. So like they, he's got the length to, to, to switch onto a shooting guard or onto a small forward and still be able to, uh, be right. able to, to yeah, I mean, Reggie, so. Reggie's wingspan is like 6'11 or 7 feet or something. Like, it's some crazy number for right. a guy who's like 6'2. He has arms that are like, you know, touch the sky. So right. it definitely helps him. Yeah, so I think that in that sense, it helps uh, defensively. I don't know that there's, you know, that bench unit, particularly from the guards, I don't know that you're going to get, ever get like great defensive i don't think the nuggets have a, a great defensive guard off their bench well like, you'd want to if they did like you would want to you'd want to take brown down you brown would right. scale down to the two right exactly because like, like, he's those, he's yeah i mean him and watson though those are your defenders that you're pulling off the bench but they're they're bigger guys right they're not um yeah well yeah brown six six man so he can he can play the three fine um right. off the bench anyway uh but he, he's He's got that KCP thing going on where he can defend one through three pretty easy. So um, you'd want him at the two if you could put him there. Uh, But then you're running into trouble of who's playing the four. I I like Watson at the three. That's why I like MPJ as the bench four. But Malone is staunchly against this idea. 
for some reason. And when they ran MPJ with the fours when AP uh, when AG was out, um, it looked great. He was cutting right. and moving and grabbing rebounds and going crazy. I I loved it. Um, and as he said himself, he talked about how fours just can't hang with him. That he's too fast for them. He's still too big for them. So he's like, you're yes. both slow and still shorter than me somehow. So <laughs> Good like, luck. what exactly do you think you're going to do to me? So that right. was great. Like, I, I enjoyed that. So just run him with the fours on the bench. And then you can have Christian at the two and Watson at the three. Um, and that gives you either Reggie or Jamal at the one to go ahead and, and run the offense and take care of the point guard. And, right. and you should be fine. So I, that's what I'm hoping to see going forward. Um, but the problem with that is, in some situations, are you then going to have MPJ at center? They did do a little bit of that. It's not, you know, a great thing if they have a, a bigger bench guy. But if they don't, what do you care? If right. you're playing MPJ as a stretch five, like, yeah, sure. And he's just in there to rebound on defense. Go for it. Right, because you don't need necessarily a ton of rim protection from him. You're going to get that from Peyton Watson, you know, yeah. or at least weak side help. Um, you know, there's, I mean, again, the defense is never going to be good um, if if you've got Michael Porter Jr. as your center. But it's 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 fine. Like you can you can make it work. I'm not opposed to, to Mike with the bench either. I think that's the way you should be going, particularly if Jamal's going to be out. Um, like I like I said yeah. earlier, it, it does somewhat I think kind of make everything everything kind of becomes iso ball in a, in a way, but, um, but you still have to have a, a point guard to get him the ball. And right, right. And that's the, that's the problem that you run into with the bench is you have to have a point guard because somebody has to remember to pass Mike the ball. Otherwise, why is he in the game? Right. Um, right. you know, I was watching Watson, like at the end of the game, when Watson was trying to get his own shot off instead of passing to Mike, I was like, Oh no. So that's one of those film lessons where you're like, Find the shooter. Right. <laughs> You're not the shooter. Right. So yeah, I, I yeah, think um, part of that comes with knowing roles, you know? It does. It does. And I think it also just there, there's there's still just that that element too of like people like you said, knowing roles and people just not not knowing like hey who's who's supposed to be the scorer on this group and so right. they're like <laughs> it's all that look around they're like who's supposed to be the scorer on this group? Oh my god, it must be me. And then <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and, and then they're like, no. Nice. Yep. Uh, one last note here on the on the rotation before we move on to these Rockets and Suns or Rockets and Clippers games. Um, you know the the rotation you just described, which I think is a a something that's certainly worthwhile looking at um, when when they're healthy, but even even more so, uh, even if they're not. It leaves Julian Strother on the outside looking in, right? Like he's the guy who's going to get squeezed for minutes when yes. everybody's healthy, which makes sense because he wasn't getting minutes um, at the beginning of the year when everybody was healthy. He started playing when Jamal hurt his hamstring. Uh, I I I know I know that's going to make a lot of would make a lot of Nuggets fans um, upset because we're all you know fans are forever obsessed with with ceilings and potential. But like, I I'm of the opinion like Julian Strother might do some good to go play in Grand Rapids for a little bit, like these other guys are right. doing. Like he's he had that huge game against New Orleans, 
and he's kind of been like, yeah, ever since. Well, and it's, again, it's about role, right? He's like, okay, hang on. Sometimes now I'm going to ball handle, and I'm like, don't do that. And he's like, well, right. I'll, I'll try to run an offense. I'm like, don't, don't do that either. You know, there's, thing- there have been, there have been some times where uh, the problem is when his shot doesn't fall, he doesn't know what to do. It short circuits his whole game. Right. So when he's shooting threes and they're going in, like uh, Julian Strother looks like a monster. Uh, Cause then all of a sudden right. he's cutting to the rim. He's hitting floaters. He's blocking shots. He's going crazy. But when he's not doing that, if his shot doesn't fall, he doesn't do anything. And that's what I want to see him do in the, in the G league. Not that there's good enough defense for his shot to really be affected out there, but to at least get in the habit of what's the next thing that I do. Like right. where's the next place that I make an impact? Because honestly, Julian Strother is your guy that you're trying to see if he can be a volume scorer for the bench. Right. And then maybe as a starter, you know, yeah. you want to see if he can handle 10, 12, 14 shots a game. Uh, because he's that good when he's on. You just need to see him be on more. Right. He's one of those guys who, like, he'd probably be 100% perfectly fine if he could play all of his minutes exclusively with Nikola Jokic. Like, Hell yes. Yeah. Jokic should put him in the right spots and, and it would be good. But, like, he can't, obviously. In fact, he plays a large amount of minutes not with Nikola Jokic on the floor. And it's, yeah, like you said, he... If his shot's not falling, he doesn't know what to do, and it just contributes to that issue that we continue to see with this bench group of, like, how how are we going to score points? Um, and they, you know, they still continue to struggle to figure that one out. Right. All right, let's move on to our upcoming week of repeat basketball games. So this week, um, obviously, is the NBA Cup uh, tournament. The Nuggets were eliminated in that aforementioned terrible Houston game. Um, So they are not playing in the cup. So how it works is they have to play against other teams uh, that were eliminated as well. And for whatever reason, however, this algorithm or formula or whatever works out for the Nuggets, they ended up landing two of their group members who were also eliminated in the Rockets and the Clippers. So even though it seems like we play the Rockets and the Clippers every other game, like, we're going to do it again one more time. Yeah, um, that is absurd. We are going to play. So they played Houston on November 12th. So and they will play Houston again on December 8th. So in less than a month, you play a team four times like that is. Oh, it's rough. It's brutal, I'm so, man. I'm so it's, sick of seeing Houston. I don't want to see them anymore. And it's nothing against the Rockets. I think the Rockets are a good team and they're very watchable. I'm just tired of watching them. They're not my team. I don't want to see you anymore. Right, right, exactly. Like, yeah, no, I like the Rockets. Like, I'm a, I'm a pro Rockets team, but um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just sick of watching. Now, probably half of that is because like Nuggets have pretty two rough losses to Houston in there, so that's right. Um, uh, it's certainly something that you don't enjoy watching. But um, before they play Houston, they will actually play the Clippers. Uh, the Nuggets beat the Clippers last time they played in the the crazy Reggie Jackson, DeAndre Jordan throwback. Um, they also beat the Clippers. Uh, that was pre-Harden trade, right? The first time they played them, or no, 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 that was like one of the first games Harden. It was first afterwards, uh, yeah, yeah. It was like they were still in that losing streak right after they yep. acquired him. Um, and that was the Cup game, right? That the Nuggets, the Nuggets beat yes. on. Um, 
the Clippers, like, I don't, I, I don't know what to make of this team. I really don't. Like, they, they lost a whole bunch of games when Harden got there. Then they won four or five. Now they're just going lose one, win one, lose one, win one. Like, is this? I mean, right now, where's the NBA say? Like, this team. When you look at this roster, you're like, this is a clear playoff team. Right now, they're in the nine seed. Which, granted, it's you know we're only a quarter of the way through the season. A lot will change. Um, right. But like, does that that feels right for me? Like right now, they feel like a play-in team. They do, and it's really startling to me. Um, I mean, I understand that it's not a squad that has had a lot of time together, right? So you're hoping that chemistry brings out something, anything that all that talent can play together. But we've already seen super teams like the Nets not like necessarily have that together. Certainly, when it comes to playoff time, um, right. and other teams can game plan for you. Like right now, nobody's game planning for the Clippers and they're just uh, their mix of players seems ineffective for getting the best results out of their best players. And I don't know how they're going to do that in time to start making a climb up the playoff ladder. Um, now, again, maybe the Clippers are going to prove me wrong and go on a 10 game winning streak here, like right after I say this. But I don't I just I think that they have the wrong mix of guys. And the problem is, is they always have the wrong mix of guys because they only ever trade for somebody who's extremely uh, high up on the Hall of Fame rankings, regardless of right. age. Right. You know, regardless yeah, some of guy that, some guy that, I mean, whatever. Maybe not so much with Westbrook, but like, like you look at the trade with Harden, right? Like this is a we traded for a guy who's probably very clearly past his prime uh, and is not the MVP superstar that he was, but we're going to pay like he is, right? Like we're right. going to end up paying a, a ton of money. It's somewhat, they did that with Paul George. Now, Paul George was coming off a phenomenal season in Oklahoma City when they traded for him. So Paul George you get it. Good. Yeah. He, well, when he's not, not against shooting us. Balls and, <laughs> when he's not shooting airballs and hitting the side. Well, the yeah, look, man, play, playoff ball. Can't or shooting wedgies in the. In, so Paul Gordon in the in the last two games, or not Paul Gordon, Paul George in the last two games that they've uh, they've played against the Nuggets has shot a crunch time wedgie, a crunch time airball, and a crunch time off the side of the backboard. <laughs> I don't yes. know what happens to that guy when he plays the Nuggets in the last. I two don't know, like, but he gets the yips. Lord. It's it's crazy. Because he's so good. Like, even now, like, you see some of his games that are non-Nuggets games. Paul George has still got so much game left, but not against Denver. Right. And he actually, in that cup game, he had a pretty good game against them. Like, he was definitely their leading scorer. He was tearing him up. But he's just, you know, otherwise, yeah, he's just not had it. Uh, and then but he's I, you really bad at right? the clutch. Like, who does have it? Like, that's your question is, who's yeah, my guy? Is it Paul George? Is yeah, it mean, Kawhi? You, you know, would think it's supposed to be. You would think it would be Kawhi, right? Like, like Kawhi, Kawhi is. But not consistently, is, it's not. But but yeah. not consistently, yeah. Like this year, Kawhi Leonard has just been very kind of great game, okay game, great game, terrible game. Like it goes, it goes just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I mean, you look at you know he scored twenty and he scored twenty three. I mean, he's been better. Uh, he's been more in the twenties, but you know there there was but randomly like a week ago he threw he had an eight point game against. Dallas, right? Right. You know, and he's he's just he's he's not he Kawhi Leonard is not back to uh Toronto Raptors, San Antonio Spurs, finals MVP no. Kawhi Leonard. He's not back no. to he has not been back since his knee injury. Like he's unlike right. Jamal, who I feel like you saw like, okay, 
he's 100% back. Like, we're still kind of waiting for that with Kawhi Leonard. Well, and Kawhi's only 32. So you're like, well, I mean, he, he should still be prime Kawhi. Right. But he's not. Because right, his Kawhi. game doesn't rely on, like, athleticism and stuff. Like, he's not one of those guys that's suddenly, when he gets older, not going to well, be able to shoot. Like, his athleticism is not like Russell Westbrook's athleticism, right? Right. He was right. never a top. That's not how he was. Yeah, like, he's not a high flyer. That's, yeah, right. he's not a, he's not a, he's not a jumper. He's not the guy that jumps out of the gym, blows his knees out. You know what I mean? That's not his guy, which is why it's so annoying to know that he has had so many bad injuries. Right. Um, when he's not the kind of guy that, you know, is out there trying to go to the, you know, to redline his body every time he plays. Um, but yeah, uh, Kawhi has been good. Kawhi has been very good this year, but Kawhi has not been. Kawhi has not been Kawhi. He has not been legendary stopper, legendary like um, closer. Right. Like that has not that Kawhi. I don't know that will ever come back. And I it, that's that's fair. That happens to a lot of guys, especially guys at his position. You know, like a lot of those guys do wind up for the last end of their career. Like I remember uh, Sean Marion. Yeah. You know, in in his you know early to mid thirties. Yeah, you know, the Matrix was a lockdown defender who could do crazy things uh, and, you know, wound up being a really good piece after that. Like, that was his his legacy was, you know, I, I for these the last half of my career, I'm not going to be the man. And that right. might be Kawhi's legacy, but I don't know how he's going to accept it or how the teams that he's on are going to accept it. Um, yeah, it's... It's gonna be um, difficult for, and that's that's and that's maybe why the Clippers are having such a hard time getting this all put together. Is because like you know you look at Kawhi, like he's taking 16 shots a game, which is you know it's okay. It's not a you know, but 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 not by any means what you would expect like the best player on on a playoff team to be doing. Like you would expect them to have. Uh, his shot attempts to be closer to 20 a game, and and he's not doing that. It, it almost feels like the Clippers are still trying to figure out, like, okay, they're still kind of just sharing the ball around. Like, all right, we got to make sure that everybody is getting that. You know, Kawhi's got to get at least 15 shots, and Paul's got to get at least 15 shots, and James got to get at least 15 shots. Right. Uh, you know, you know, they have at least finally made the decision to put Russell Westbrook on the bench, which like that that was a it had to happen. That had to uh, happen. Yeah. Right, and then and now they're much better, but it's still. But even then, the fact that they didn't do that like day one, they they weren't like, all right, Russ, like you're going to the bench because there's no way we can basically play four guards and Zubats. They, the fact that they didn't do that day one, that they had to like go through like a five game losing streak to figure it out, just kind of shows you that they're like they're trying to placate everybody, and and you just can't do it. And you know, if you're man, like if you're worrying about getting shots for James Harden. Like you need to stop that, and and you know Harden hasn't t- taken a bunch of shots since he's come to the Clippers, but like he's taken more in these past few games than he has in the ones before that, and it's like yeah, I, I'm not I'm not with that. Like I don't think that that's um I don't know that that is the key to success is to for to have basically okay Kawhi, uh, James, and Paul are all going to take. 15 shots a game. I think that those guys are all too streaky that more often than not, you're going to end up with two of them not being on. And now suddenly, you know, one guy's going to have to jump up to taking 20, 25 shots a game. That's not what they're used to. That's not the way the, the Clippers are running their offense. They're, yeah. They're not set up to do that. Like, 
I mean, they could try to backseat some guys, but uh, that was the problem, right? They had they had Paul George and they had Kawhi, and those two guys were like, okay, we're gonna share the top. And now they have Harden, and they're like, oh, okay, so we're gonna share the top, and all three of us are gonna do the same thing. I don't. This one for me, one for you thing isn't how the NBA really works. And right. a lot of these super teams fail because they can't figure out any priorities or any um, I don't I don't want to say pecking orders necessarily, but you know somebody's got to take over in crunch time. Somebody's got to direct the offense. Somebody's got to like and the the Clippers when it comes down to it at the end of games, at least against the Nuggets for sure, they're very passive team. They're very much like, I don't know, what should we do instead of dictating anything to the opponents? And if the Clippers aren't going to dictate anything, then I don't care how good their players are. It won't matter in the end because the team that's bringing the action is going to be the team that wins. Right. Yeah, and you know the the thing that's interesting um, about them is you would expect James Harden to be that guy to be like, okay, we know that you're not like really typically a point guard, but like you know in Philadelphia he wasn't the man, right? That was Joel Embiid, and right. so like yeah, Harden, you know he was he was a double. I mean, was he, he was like leading the league in assists um, right. there for a bit. So like he has that in him, he has that ability, but he's actually averaging like a career low. In in assists or at least like you gotta have to go back to like the yeah, middle of his Houston days. days, right? Yeah. Or yeah, or maybe even all the way back to his Oklahoma City days. Yeah. Uh, to get here, I can pull up his stats right now. Last he's he's right now on the Clippers, he's averaging six point four assists. The last time he averaged six point four assists, two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen. So a decade ago, like that. That to me is baffling that he's there. He's not in this like role of like because like, again he hasn't been taking a bunch of shots either. Um, until just these past few games. And even then, he's only still taking like 15 a game uh, in these past few. Like, he's not setting guys up, though, because he's only getting around six assists. Like, I just don't, I don't, I don't know. I just don't get it with, with him right now. And I think that that's the problem. I think there was like this idea of like, we're going to bring in James Harden because in theory, he's a really good player, uh, but he doesn't really fit your roster. And it just, this is, this is the downside of player empowerment and, and players dictating where they're going to play and the moves that they want made around them. You've got four guys who are all LA guys, you know, yep. on the LA Clippers, they're all extremely talented players and they all were like, I want to go play in LA. And it flat out does not work because they don't know how to play with each other and they're not built to play with each other. Well, yeah, being a good player and being the right player for us are two extremely different Very things. Very much so, yep. Like, and and that's, I mean, if you're looking at the way that the Nuggets built it, they were extremely careful when they were trying to add somebody. They added Jeremy Grant. It was the idea that this is the skill set we are missing. This is the skills that we need. And right. when he didn't work, they didn't necessarily target Jeremy Grant. They targeted this is the skill set that we want. This is the skill set that we need. Well, and I would actually argue Grant. that Jeremy Grant did work. Like he, they, they got to the Western Conference. Oh, he worked. Jeremy Grant. Like yeah, it, yeah. It, they, just, they've actually he, used him more. Yeah. He another another you know perfect example of a guy who's like you know instead of a guy who said I don't want to play within the system within the role. I want to be the guy. I want to you know 
maximize i think it's so funny because jeremy grant talked about like so much about like how he needed to maximize his potential and yep. he could be more you know and I, I guarantee you right now what is jeremy grant getting paid a lot he is is he getting how much more do you think is jeremy grant getting paid than aaron gordon right to like today yes, or going portland, forward? portland gave him a stupid contract i forgot about that. yeah they gave him a massive here. deal man golly yeah, which Aaron Gordon is not getting thirty-two million a year. That's um, what but I'm I always... saying to you, like he, he got paid, he was right when he. Like, yeah. You know, if, if, that's the thing is that Jeremy Grant was right to leave Denver because Denver was paid. never going to pay him that. Right. So and that is he got fair. what he wanted. It, it's it's your job, man. I I do not hold anything against Jeremy Grant. If somebody offered me twenty million dollars more to go do something else, I'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm getting out of here. Like right. I. The idea that we, you know, at your job, you would be like, of course, I'm going to take a $20,000 a year raise to go somewhere else, you know, for the yeah. same kind of job. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, right. He's making he's making 50% more, basically. Zarek Gordon's at, you know, four. He's at like 21 million. So, yeah, Jeremy Grant uh, up at 32. So he's essentially making exactly 50% more a year. Everybody, everybody is going to probably take that, like no matter what. Right. you got to take um, it. But the Nuggets weren't wrong about him, and they weren't wrong about AG because they were looking for the right guy. They wanted somebody to guard LeBron and Kevin Durant. Yeah, well, they knew what they needed, right? They were like, "Where is our deficiencies in the roster?" And I feel like the Clippers insist on saying, "Well, we just need more firepower. We just need more star power. We just need." Maybe you it's know, also and, some of like the new the new owner syndrome, which like I get Steve Ballmer's been down there, been out there a say, little bit now. He's been um, there a minute, but yeah, but, but, but yeah. since but since they've started since he started there, it's all about making splashy moves to get big, yeah, big names. Same thing happening in Phoenix, right, with Matt Ishbia. Yep. Yep. And I, I mean, maybe that's like some of the element of it is like you got this owner who wants to a new owner who wants to, uh, you know make make moves and and wants almost wants to be like instant success and you know you get these guys they're they're not i mean steve Ballmer, matt ishbia these are not basketball guys these are not guys who grew up on a court and um spent their whole lives like studying the game of basketball these are basketball fans with a shit ton of money so they go out and they buy these basketball teams and if they are starting to and i'm not saying this is what's happening i'm just kind of spitballing here um, but if they are starting to impose like their direction onto their front office and saying we need to go out and get this guy, and we need this, guy. and you know there is somewhat involvement. Like the Clippers can't trade for James Harden without making a phone call to Steve Ballmer, like, hey, here's what we're going right. to do. Right. Right. So, and he's probably like, great, sounds great. I know who James Harden is. He's awesome. The beard. Yes, you know. But like when you start to get down into the X's and O's of basketball, like. It's you're exactly right. Like these guys, like who's who's supposed to be, you know, you fit your role of your playmaker. Like we we've been talking about. Like you would think maybe it would be James Harden, but it's not. And so it's not. Why is it and Paul George? Like who's doing it? Yeah, and for me, like I think that I think the Suns because Ishbia did play college ball, kind of like um, you know Josh Kroenke. Yeah, that is fair. That is. Fair. I I I think that's a little different problem than than um than Steve Ballmer. You know, Ballmer. <laughs> But I, I think in that sense, it's I know what we should do because I played. And you're like, right. no, you need a <laughs> – that's another one of those, well, I, I did this back in the day, so I'm as good as the best people that do it in my league. And um, I, I think that that gets you into some trouble. Um, that was the one thing that 
Um, Josh was really good at when he hired Masai and he hired Tim, you know, and now with Calvin, you know, Josh Kroenke was like, look, <laughs> um, do I want to be the, the guy in charge? I mean, I want to have a say, but I also want right. the guy that I hire to have a say. I didn't hire right. you just to be like some guy. So in that sense, the Nuggets have been building this thing as a you can't compare anybody to the Nuggets in the way they built it because nobody else built it the way that they did with as little resources as they did. With as little draft capital, with as little free agent stuff, you know, I mean, the highest draft pick on the team is Aaron Gordon, right? Well, yeah, because, well, yeah, Aaron Gordon was, what, was he second overall, I think? Third, I think, but yeah, Third, like, yeah. you know, uh, so with their own draft capital, they were never inside the top five. Except for Moutier. Was Moutier five? Uh, seven. I yeah, so, so... Six. So, but yeah, so like I don't I said, think they like, had anybody they, in the top five. They never had anybody top five. They never had anybody, you know, who was a, a, a guarantee. And so you can't compare the way that other teams are trying to do it to the way Denver does it. But I, when I look at these teams that are relying on free agency the way they are, they're not relying on free agency to fill needs. They're relying on free agency to bring stars they're relying on trades to bring stars right you know to to get the fan base excited but not to win like it's it winning winning the trade deadline doesn't mean anything if you don't then win games after the trade deadline this is that whole well who could possibly beat the the clippers now what team is beating this team and then they go out and face plant you know what team is beating phoenix well we saw what team beat phoenix Right. You know, like it's team. it's this stuff like it, it's great that you guys want to enjoy the trades, but you might want to build the team. And so what the Rockets have done in actually building a squad that makes sense um, and right. can do what their coach is asking them to do is why I think the Rockets are in a better shape than the Clippers, because the yeah, Clippers no, don't have a team identity and they they have a lot of stars, but they don't have a team identity. Um, a lot of their guys are injured and on the downside. Well, in Houston, you've got a lot of guys who are on the come up. So they're yeah, only no getting better, and they've got a coach that, you know, he can and, coach. Regardless of my other concerns with him, he can coach. Yeah, no kidding. Houston, uh, Houston also a team that this year in the offseason made very, like, intentional moves, right? Like, Astute. Yep. We need, we need a wing stopper. We're going to go right. get Dylan Brooks. We need a point guard uh, who's going to a veteran point guard to uh, kind of take all these young, talented pieces we have and make them work. They go yep. out and they get Fred Van Bleet. Like that, those were two huge signings um, that maybe somewhat, I mean, I think some people probably thought like people laughed at Fred out. Van Bleet. Yeah. And I was like, no, that was perfect. Right, exactly. He was the perfect guy for that. And then you take your homegrown guys, your Shangoons and your Jalen Greens and your yep. Jabari Smith and your Tari Eason and everybody else. And it's like, man, like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm continuing to be very high on Houston. Like, I think I'm, I, I agree. Uh, you know, I mean, if, if you were going to be like, well, to play a game, I mean, I'm still picking Houston. But like, if you were going to talk, you know, I think there's a bigger debate about like who would win a game tomorrow against versus Houston, uh, Houston versus LA. My first question would be like, well, where is it at Houston or LA? Cause if it's in LA, then, the right. are gonna win. If then Houston, the Rockets are going to win. But like, yep. if you're talking about like long-term too, like the next five, maybe long-term, like just like the next three to five Two years. years. Out, yeah. Yeah. Who's going to have the, 
better outlook. Like it's hands down the the Rockets. Like the Rockets are a team that feels like in three years might be somebody the Nuggets are dealing with in a conference finals. Like they I, they yep. could legitimately be that good. I mean, they're gonna have to have somebody, you know, whether it's Shangoon continues to get better and better, whether it's Jalen Green figures out how to be more they're efficient. Missing a piece, but right. missing one piece is better than missing your whole identity. Right. Yeah, and it's I don't and I don't think that piece that they need is even uh, necessarily a top end piece. I think they just need a, a pretty reliable, a more reliable shooter to put next to Jalen Green, and then they'll be, you know, they'll be set. But which is what they basically tried to do with Fred Van Vliet, and that's why that's, you know, why that's working for him. So like I think Houston is um, certainly the better team. Let me ask you this: which team has the better player? Which which team has the best player? Oh. Uh, again, are we talking today? I still, I still think it's Paul George, man. Still think it's Paul George. That's and that's fair. I mean, because the the question is like, where do you rank Shangun right amongst all right. these guys? Yep. And it's, man, I don't know. Like he looks, he looks really, really good. He's. It's not going to be Paul George for long. So. Right. Right. If Shangun yeah. keeps learning like this, if he keeps getting this good. It's not going to be Paul George forever. So. Because he continues to, I really, I just really like Shangun, probably because it just reminds me so much of Jokic. Well, we uh, know with that, we know with that skill set works, right? You know, right. like we know that Sabonis works. We right. know that we know that Shangun works because we know Jokic works, and those right. guys are all the light version of Jokic, which is not a slam. You know, if you were the light version of LeBron, you'd be really freaking happy, right? You know, yeah, like exactly. it's not a slam to be not as good as the greatest player on planet Earth. So just right. don't worry about that. Just just chill out on that one. No, and I, you know the other thing I like about Shangun too is he's got the uh, he's got a signature shot, which you know everybody it, and it looks weird and ridiculous, but like yeah, that like little one legged flying knee thing that he does backward like while fade away yep. like it's it well he's stupid, not intimidating but it works. anybody either. The thing is, he the moment doesn't scare him, and other people don't scare him. He gets up for the games against Nicole, which is great. You know, um, but he doesn't let that detract from his team mentality. Like Nurkic also gets up for the games against Jokic, but it's as a personal thing, which is why Jokic's teams tend to do better than Nurkic's teams because Jokic is still trying to win the game and Nurkic is trying to win the matchup. Right. Yeah, that's a great way to put that. And he, I mean, well, I don't think he won the matchup against Phoenix, but yeah, I mean, you look no further than the Phoenix game and Nurkic. I mean, he played outstanding. Um, but he was great, and then he fouled out because he was then he elbowed too Jokic insistent in and, yeah. on on winning the 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 matchup, yeah. and Jokic won the game. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Back to Houston though, like I, this, I mean, we're not going to see them till Friday. It is a home game for the Nuggets though, so you got to feel pretty strongly uh, about that. The Rockets, yeah, the Nuggets now, should be winning that one. What are the Rockets? You know, I, I can get some standings here, but the Rockets, I believe, are still. They're still winless on the uh, winless on the road. They are zero and eight on zero and eight on the road. Eight and one at home. So (laughs) that's yeah, that's a team that um, it's a young team, right? That that's that's just so typical. That's young young team team. stuff. That's learning your business on the road, learning how to handle your business when you're away from home. The Nuggets still struggle with that, but so like I don't blame other teams for struggling with it. The road sucks. Just like the Clippers, though, like the Rockets, in in this case, probably more of a positive than than a negative. With the Clippers is like they feel very much like a play-in team this year. Like they, I think they're they're going to be right there in that that seven to ten slot. Because you look at the standings right now, 
and it's i mean there's there's teams probably in places you weren't necessarily expecting particularly in the northwest division um but for the most part one through ten is what you would expect with the exception that right now rockets are 10th and the warriors are sitting 11th you know the other the other teams in the west that are not in the play on the jazz the, the blazers the grizzlies the spurs uh, those are all teams you probably expected to to be terrible, and they are. Uh, right. Warriors. I don't know. That's 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 a discussion for another pod. But you yeah, know, the Rockets, dynasty, man. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. But the Rockets right now sit in the 10 spot. The Warriors are the only team I look out of those ones below them that I'm like, yeah, maybe they could bump them back out. But like, do I think the Rockets will end up with a better record than the Clippers? Maybe. Like, do they are they going to end yep. up with a better record than? I mean, the, the Pelicans or or even the Lakers, like it's it's possible like this team is as soon as they figure out how to win a game on the road, like they're going to be they're going to be gonna a say, team. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're they're a handful at home. So if they ever figure the road woes out, you know, and I think that they will. They like I said, it's not a it's not a problem with on court coaching. That's not an issue that they're having. Right. Um, And so it's for me. Uh, you know, the team for me that might drop would be the Pelicans because I still don't think they're going to stay healthy this year. And yeah, I don't trust an unhealthy Pelicans team. So that's no, just what I'm waiting for with, with the Pelicans. Right, yep. If, if, if the Pelicans, that's that's the whole thing about the Pelicans. If they have Zion and Brandon Ingram, like, uh, they expect them to be there. I, I don't even know that they're right. playing team. They might be a full-blown playoff team, you know, yep. and not even be in the plan. But when was the last time they had Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram uh, for a whole season? The answer never. Yeah, for so, even a significant part of the season, right? Like, right. Right. I'm like, are you guys going to be there for 60 games, 65 games? Like, I'm not asking to be there for 80. So that's one of those parts where the Rockets, again, could could make up ground on some teams. Um, if they stay healthy and get their road situation together, I, I like the Rockets. I just don't want to see them anymore. Yeah, luckily, you got, we're there. we know that for facts. No team Friday plays. and we're done right. for like right. five months. So that's good. No, no team plays another team five times a season. So we will be done with the Rockets on Friday. All right, we will go ahead and wrap up the show on that note. Make sure you guys are following us. I am at Zach Mikosh. Gordon is at GMoneyDogs. This is all on Twitter, X, whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, at Denver Stiffs. Um, at... Uh, Mile High Sports. I was trying to think of the other ones. There uh, you, you go. Can you can follow us on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs. Won't be able to see any content, but that's a story for another day. Um, and uh, I think we're still on Facebook. I don't know. Um, wherever you get your social media, search the Denver Stiffs. We're probably on there. Um, Gordon, as always, though, sir, a uh, a pleasure. No, absolutely. And hopefully, we will get a couple wins this week. Now that the team will be a little rested. And maybe Jamal will make his way back. And uh, 2-0 and plus a Jamal return, it would be everything I want for an early Christmas present. Is that what you're going to call it? Let's let's we'll close it on that. Are you call, are you predicting a 2-0 and week for the I Nuggets? Am. Do they play on Sunday? Nope, not until Monday. So it's only these two games. Me? So Gordon is going 2-0. Yeah, I like 2-0 this week, too. I don't I – don't. the Clippers I'm not scared of, even, even though – well, no, I'm going to take it back. I think they lose that Clippers game. <laughs> They got they got coward. lots of time to hang. They got lots of time to hang out in L.A. before that. Came. That is true, but coward, <laughs> L.A. nightlife. I'll go one and one. All right, everybody. We will talk to you next week. This is all